All right, so I'm thankful for uh, the, the word of God that we are able to read together this morning, the, the, the empty tomb that comes to us in the gospel of John chapter 20 and following. Uh, and so uh, I hope that you will turn with your Bibles with me or you could follow along with the words on the screen as we together hear the word of the Lord. Early on the first day of the week, when it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw And believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she bent, as she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. We're not going to stop there. We're also going to read from the Gospel of Luke, uh, the, the story of Jesus in his resurrected presence with disciples on the road to Emmaus. Here from Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 17. Jesus asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. 
And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we give thanks to Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from you no secrets are hidden. And so we come into this space authentically present with you, prepared to to meet with you and to have an encounter with your Holy Spirit. So we ask, oh God, in this space and this time, that you would be glorified, that your word would renown in our hearts, in our lives, and, 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 and that your name would be glorified on all the earth. We pray this because we believe it to be so. Lord, open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear, our minds that we would come to know and understand your word, open our hearts that we would feel its power. And by your grace, I ask, O oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would then offer grace to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. About a year ago, uh, I was convinced that I had experienced the most memorable Easter in history. Uh, it, was, it was so exciting because after over seven years of ministry, uh, working together with the people of God to launch Covenant Methodist Church rooted here in the community, we opened our doors, the doors of this building, this facility, to public worship ministry. On Easter Sunday a year ago, we had our grand opening with you. <laughs> and many of you were there, and it was, it was glorious, and it was full, and, and, and it was full of the Spirit, and we, and we declared that He has risen, and I thought that was the most memorable Easter I would ever experience. <laughs> and then came this year, <laughs> the most Linty Lent ever, right? Uh, uh, the, the, the last five weeks where we have worshipped digitally have seemed like five years, not even dog, dog years. I mean, these are, these are, these are years uh, that weeks turn into, and uh, I'm exhausted I don't know about you. I, I, I am absolutely exhausted of social distancing. I'm exhausted of shelter in place. I want to be present physically with you. And I can't wait for that day to, to come. But, but in the meantime, I'm struck by how memorable this morning is. How we're seeing a revival taking place right now, today. How, how more and more people are entering into dominions that, that have been strongholds of Satan that, that we have not gone into, uh, areas of social networking that, that, and, and the internet that we have allowed others to control. And, and we, as the people of God, are entering in with a presence of hope and love and joy like we have never done before. And I am excited about what God is doing there. This is the most memorable Easter I have ever had. And I'll tell you this morning, uh, when, whenever I pulled up uh, to church, uh, it was still dark this morning. I, I, I 
uh, rose uh, before the sun so that I could watch the sunrise and celebrate uh, our Lord rising as well. And, and as I came to pull in the parking lot over the last five weeks, I just pulled into one of the front spaces because, well, you're not coming. <laughs> Uh, you, and so uh, I figured, hey, if, if there's 10 or so of us, I'll just park in the front. But today, uh, as I was pulling in, I, I couldn't help it. I needed to park all the way in the back where I normally park. And most of y'all think that that's because I'm like kind and generous because I want to give all of the guests like a parking space up front. But I got to admit, there's a little bit of selfishness in it for me as well. You see, where I park in the very back When I arrive in the morning before the sun comes up, I open my door and I look out upon the church and I stare up into the distance and there in the dark, the tower is lit and the light of Christ is shining in the darkness. And every Sunday morning, it gives me a new, fresh sense of the hope we have in Jesus. And so I did that this morning. I parked in the back, and it was still dark, and I looked up at the cross, and it was lit up, shining light out into the darkness that our community, our world is experiencing. And I was reminded of the hope we have in Jesus, that hope is alive in Jesus. But we need to take a moment and and, and get ourselves oriented properly to get clear. On on Friday evening, uh, we gathered together for Good Friday worship. And I reminded us, brothers and sisters, skeptics and former skeptics alike, that, that Jesus died. That that is an essential truth of the gospel message, that Jesus died. But, but now that we have proclaimed that, we can, we can lean in and, and be honest one, with one another, skeptics and former skeptics alike, that, that sometimes we wonder or we have questioned, did Jesus actually physically raise from the dead? Is he really alive? And, and some of us have questioned, was he, was he like a, a zombie? Was, was Jesus the first zombie, the only one ever? You know, uh, sometimes Sam will, will walk in when one of the big kids is watching a movie with zombies in it, and the, the, the kids will say, well, Sam, don't worry, don't be scared, zombies aren't real, right? But some of us, we have this, like, this, this false image of Jesus on Easter Sunday as a zombie. False, not true. Some of us ha- have pictured this scene as though Jesus were a ghost, as though he could just vanish uh, and and, and this, this ghostliness of Jesus gives us a, a false impression of what took place on Easter. Other times we, we imagine that, that maybe Jesus just slipped out the back door of the tomb or, or, or maybe uh, that, that he vanished uh, and was nowhere to be found. But that is not the gospel message. Jesus is absolutely alive. Jesus is not partway alive. Jesus is not kind of alive. Jesus is not mostly alive. Jesus is all the way alive. Jesus is walked out the front door of the tomb alive. Jesus is appeared to many alive. Jesus is so alive, he he ate in Galilee. He walked to Emmaus. He called Mary by name. Jesus is all the way alive. Jesus was touched by Thomas. Jesus restored Peter. Jesus saved Saul. All of this while Jesus was resurrected alive. Jesus is all the way alive. 
On Friday, we said he was dead. On Easter Sunday morning, we come together and say, hope is alive. Jesus is alive. And so we come to celebrate that truth with confidence as the children of God. That there is no way of sidestepping it or adjusting from it, but leaning into the truth of the gospel. Jesus is alive. And so we dig into the, to the story, to the text that's before us today. We, we see that early in the morning, Mary Magdalene got up and Mary uh, went to the tomb to find Jesus and, 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 and to, to, to be present there in that space. And, and she got there and the, the stone was rolled away and Jesus wasn't there. So she ran to, to, to find some help, some assistance. And she found Peter and she found John and, and she'd met with them and said, Jesus isn't there. And so they ran back to the the tomb. Mary, Peter, and John. The first one to get there was John. And John got there and, and he leaned in. He peered inside the tomb and he saw that the linens were laying there and, and he was perplexed by this. And then what followed is, is, is interesting. Peter, who must have been slower, I, I imagine the dude is just like a brawny bear of a man. Uh, so he was just uh, uh, not quite as quick-footed as the young John. And so when he got to the tomb, though, he didn't stop at the doorway. He went all the way in, straight in. In verse 6, it, it, it displays the image of this. You see, it says, Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. And he saw the strips of linen lying there. He went all the way in, into the tomb, into the place where Jesus was laid dead on Friday. And John then followed in after him, and the two of them were there in the tomb, just perplexed, confounded. And they came to a, a realization, a revelation but it wasn't the full gospel message. Here's what they got. They got that Jesus wasn't in the tomb. But, but we need to, 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 to grasp how this is not the gospel. It is just a first step. Jesus didn't leave the tomb so that we would know he wasn't in the tomb. I want you to catch the nuance there. They understood in that moment that Jesus wasn't there. They, they, they came clear on that, but it even says uh, by John's own hand that, that they still did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They didn't grasp that he was alive. They just knew he wasn't there. Jesus did not leave the tomb so that we would only know he wasn't in the tomb. Jesus left the tomb so that we would know he's alive. And then, then Peter and John, they leave the tomb. They, 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 they move from that space. They, they head back into town to go back about their business, maybe to tell the other disciples what they had witnessed to, but they don't yet believe. Mary, though, interestingly, stays back. She doesn't go with Peter and John. She's not satisfied at their, at, at their wisdom at what they have learned that he's not there, she is stuck, paralyzed in mourning. She is there in the tomb, and in verse 11, uh, it, it, it paints a picture of what Mary is experiencing uh, with the disciples. It says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying 
And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. You see, she is mourning at the tomb. She's experiencing the full weight of Good Friday. And that's a good holy weight for us to experience too. But I want you to go into that space for a moment and allow yourself to imagine what it's like to be paralyzed in mourning, to be stuck in mourning. And, and some of you can relate to that in deep and real ways because some of you have mourned the loss of loved ones before and, and, it, and it just stayed as a weight with you, not for days, not for weeks, but for years. And you just felt like it was a cloud covering you. And so there in that space, you sit, you rest in darkness. But Jesus did not leave the tomb so that we would stay mourning the tomb. Jesus doesn't want us to stay there. He, he, he actually then comes to Mary and meets with Mary and engages Mary and, and reveals himself to Mary such that she would get up out of her mourning and be sent back into the world. We did not get from Jesus a gospel message that leaves us in mourning. Jesus comes to us in the midst of our mourning and says, I left the tomb, not so that you would stay mourning at the tomb, but so that you would rise up out of your mourning and know that I am alive. I love the, the coupling of these texts, a couple of, of different resurrection appearances, not just with Peter and John and with Mary, but now with, with these two that we find on the road to Emmaus, they were in Jerusalem. It says that they're disciples. One is named Cleopas, the other is left unnamed, and it's in the Gospel of John. And here they are, they're walking from Jerusalem, they're heading to Emmaus, a seven-mile walk, okay? And while they're on the way, Jesus comes and meets with them. And they articulate to Jesus what it is that they're talking about, what it is that they're, that they're mourning, and how they are disturbed and downcast. They're, they're just full of the weight of what has taken place. And so in verse 21, it articulates, they articulate for us what, their, what the state of their soul is. They say, but we had hoped that Jesus was the one who was going to redeem. We had hope. We, we at one point in time, not in this moment, uh, but, but maybe a few days later, maybe on that Palm Sunday, on that triumphal entry, when Jesus entered in and everyone waved branches and it was, Hosanna, save us, you're going to save us. And everybody leaned into that, that joyful moment. Maybe it was there that we had hope, but today we are hopeless. We cannot sit in that space with Cleopas and the other disciple. We cannot move from Jerusalem to Emmaus hopeless. So Jesus comes and meets with them there. And he says, he says, what is it that you're talking about? Who are you talking about? And as he, as he meets with them, he reveals to them that he did not leave the tomb so that they would leave town hopeless. Jesus didn't leave the tomb so that we would leave town hopeless. Jesus comes and meets with us in our hopelessness and declares there is hope because he is alive. 
He has risen from the dead and he reveals himself to them and he teaches them about the truth of the gospel that the Old Testament scriptures are fulfilled in Jesus. And Jesus could not be left in the grave. He rose from the dead in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus did not leave the tomb so that we would leave town hopeless. And now I'm going to move just a moment from historical to personal. Jesus did not leave the tomb so that you could stay in your tomb. Jesus did not leave the tomb so that you could stay in your tomb. What are the tombs that bind you, that shut you in and force you to sit in darkness? What does your tomb look like? Maybe your tomb looks like fear. Maybe in this season more than ever, you you are overwhelmed with fear and, and and it just comes over you as a weight oppressing you. Well, we are reminded that the, the disciples, they were afraid as well. They had their doors locked because they were afraid of the Jews. And yet Jesus came and met with them. He broke through the, the locked doors and he said, peace, I bring you peace to overwhelm you fear, overwhelm your fear because I am alive. What tomb do you sit in? Maybe you sit in a, in a tomb of confusion. Like those two, Cleopas and the other disciple on the way to Emmaus, who, who were, were sitting there confused. They didn't understand. They could not grasp uh, the context of the scriptures that Jesus had previously revealed. And so in that moment, Jesus meets them in their confusion and offers clarity. And so if you're confused today, if there are some things that that you don't quite understand, come to the Lord and the Lord will come to you. And in that space, you will receive clarity because he is alive. What are the tombs that you find yourself in? Maybe you find yourself in a tomb that is all too common for us. It's a tomb of doubt. This gospel hope is too grand for you to find possible. And so we're reminded in the midst of our doubts that we're not the first one to doubt. In fact, there's one who doubted there at the very beginning. When Jesus was raised from the dead, Thomas doubted. He said, I will not believe. Even if others testify to me, I won't believe. I cannot grasp it. And so Jesus came and met with him and showed him his hands and showed him his side and said, touch, I am alive. Even in the midst of our doubts, Jesus comes and meets with us and says, hope is alive. For some of us, the tomb that that we are stuck inside of is is a tomb of our sin. Uh, And and we could kind of encapsulate it as it's a tomb of denial. And and we've denied Jesus and we've denied the gospel by choosing sin or or choosing some form of, 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 of addiction or something that oppresses us in such a such a 
spiraling fashion, that it's a weight and a cloud over our lives. And so there in that space, we could meet with, with Jesus just as Jesus met with Peter. You see, Peter denied Jesus three times. In the moment that Jesus needed him most, in the moment that Jesus was going to bear the cross, Peter denied three times how many times have we denied? We denied Jesus countless times, and yet Jesus goes and meets with Peter in a tender private moment and, and ushers him back in and says, I know that you, have, that you have denied me, and yet I'm inviting you to be my servant. I'm inviting you to be the rock on which I build the church, and so I'm going to use your denial. I'm going to use your sin for my glory. You're going to be transformed. Speaking of transformation, for some of us, we're not just those that doubt or those that deny. Some of us are actually those that persecute or have persecuted, that we have, that we have looked upon Christians and the Christian faith as something that, that, is, that is obscure and other, and, and we, have, we have called uh, those uh, radical Christians names, and we said, I, I can't go there, I can't be with that, and yet Jesus comes and, and finds this one that is persecuting the church, Saul, and he comes to him and, and, he, and he says, I have a new path for you, I'm going to save you, and I'm going to send you, because hope is alive. I am alive. And Saul is transformed and Paul is born again in Jesus. You see, brothers and sisters, this is a magnificent day. It's a day where we say that death has no victory, that the tomb could not hold Jesus, but it's not, it, it's not that the tomb is where we are to stand because Jesus left the tomb so that we would follow him out of the tomb into the world. You see that? Jesus left the tomb so that we would follow him into the world because that is where Jesus is. Jesus is active and engaged all around us at all times. And so we are to find where is Jesus moving and go there. Have an impact there. And God is going to perform miraculous, powerful deeds in our midst. He's going to transform our doubts. He's going to restore us when we deny. He's going to meet with us in all of our confusion and distraction. And in all of those things, Jesus is going to be known. You see, we don't leave town hopeless. We don't sit in our tombs. Jesus calls us out into his glorious light. There is hope. Hope in Jesus. So this Easter morning, let it ring true uh, from, from our lips to the world. As we follow him out into the world, let it ring true that Jesus is alive. Hope is alive. Not just today, but now and forevermore. In our lives and in the lives of everyone that will call on his name. Hope is alive. Let it ring out for all to hear that no darkness will overwhelm him. He is alive. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we come before you trusting in you, knowing, in, knowing of your goodness and of your grace and knowing that you are alive. We have seen you, the risen Lord, in our midst, in our lives. And so we ask now, oh God, that you would that you would move in this Easter day, 
so that your, your word would be known throughout the world. Lord, we pray for revival, not just in the world, but in our lives. Lord, start with us right now. Revive us from our slumber. Meet with us in our sin. Let us receive your glorious grace so that we would testify to the world that we have hope in you. Lord, you are good, and your steadfast love endures forever. We praise you, O oh God, and thank you for your word. We ask that you would be glorified this day in Jesus' name. Amen.